welcome to our newest podcast, Trend Spotting. So, in our podcast, we're going to be talking about all the hot topics that go around on our island. And recently, it's been about the Manila Machete incident. Right, Machete Madness. <laughs> machete Madness. Nice. Yeah, Crazy. and we have a lot to talk about today with that. And uh, this podcast is the first live podcast that we do. So, if you're catching us on Facebook, make sure we want to we want you to engage in the discussion. Trend spotting is our our regular Friday show uh, where we grab comments um, and criticism from you viewers at home and put it on KUM News. And we are integrating that with now a Thursday podcast where you can send the comments early so we can get more of that discussion generated mm -hmm. and get the pulse of what you guys feel at home. And as Asha said, today we are talking about the, uh, machete, the machete incident in Manila, mm -hmm. uh, which the certain people said was maybe we blew out of proportion. Right, but I guess let's start at the beginning and uh, you know, I gotta give props to uh, Sabrina Salas-Mantanani who broke this story. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember it was, you know, close to five on uh, was it Monday or Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday. 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 I need to make sure I get that right. Right. <laughs> yeah, don't blow it out of proportion. Right. So can you can you give us, uh, just walk us so through yeah. the beginning? So Tuesday, um, we got a message about uh, an attack in Manila involving people with machetes, and they uh, said that Senator Judy Guthers was one of the individuals that was uh, victimized. So immediately I picked up the phone, I called Senator Guthers, um, I asked her, uh, you know, are you okay? And she, she went on and she told me just over the phone about what happened. She described the scene, it being about four to five uh, young men who were, came out of an apartment area and started uh, hitting several cars with a machete. And obviously she was very scared. She was, you know, uh, sh shocked about it. And uh, she said police were on the scene. They, they arrived very quickly. Uh, she, they took one of them into custody. And then, you know, we got off the phone and we sent our photographer up to Manila. Then he shot the interview with, with uh, Senator Guthrie over the phone and then um, sent the interview back. And then I watched it and, you know, again, she reiterated the same thing she told me over the phone. And she also, you know, said, you know, enough is enough. We need elected leaders, the FSM community need to come together and find uh, solutions to uh, the violence. And so we reported that out and then uh, was waiting for a call from the Guam Police Department uh, to get more information. And all night long, we didn't hear anything from GPD. The following day, we did our starting lineup show, that was Wednesday, from Manila, from the scene. And that's when we got information from Paul Tapao, who said that uh, Emmanuel Resselop and Jordan Retrolop were both arrested for what had happened. And then there was an emergency meeting at right. Adaloop. Yeah, so there was an emergency meeting at Adaloop at 9.30, and uh, in this meeting was Senator Jose Pilo Terlahi, Senator Clint Rogel, uh, Melissa Savars, the um, executive, uh, what is she, the president Mayor's of the Mayor's Council, Council of Guam. Um, also, Miguel Mayor, uh, Alan Ogato was there. Uh, I think the interpreter from the court was there, and the FSM uh, Consul Teresa Philippin, uh, the governor. Um, I think that was uh, Chief of Police Steve Ignacio. So they basically convened uh, this meeting, and uh, the media, we were sitting outside, and we had actually overheard uh, someone in the meeting. There was a discussion about the media blowing it out of proportion. So we had already um, heard that that's what they were saying. So when the uh, meeting broke and people came out, obviously it was one of the first questions that um, 
we asked and uh, you know uh, Mayor Melissa Savars from Dedito said yeah she felt like the media uh, blew it out of proportion because she said that um, and I think it, it hinged on a word that, that uh, Judy Guthard used. She said there was a gang of young men. Yeah. And well, I don't know if she said that to I'm not, yeah. No, she just said there was a group of, of uh, young men, young men so, about four to five right. young men. And so uh, Mayor Savard said, oh, you know, the media made it seem like there was a gang thing, but it was really just a couple people. Uh, so That's a lot of people. I thought it was just kind of stupid. I mean, when you have a situation like that, um, obviously... I, I feel like the governor's office is over concerned with anybody looking bad, but you know the the political thing to do would have just been to talk about you know what a tragedy this was and what an egregious uh, occurrence it was, and not to really shoot the messenger. I mean, we're just the messenger, you know. Right. All we did was air Judy Guthard's In uninterrupted yeah. interview, and you know she was an eyewitness, and not just an eyewitness, a victim of this attack. So. Mm -hmm. When I heard Mayor Savars um, say that, I was really disappointed. And so we went into the meeting, uh, you know, one of the media uh, people asked the governor, and she said, yeah, she felt like we blew it out of proportion because we had heard that it was five or six, and, uh, you know, Chief Ignacio said that two were arrested, but um, he also said that there were three to four individuals involved. And I thought it was a little premature um, because, uh, you know, and I just came from interviewing people in that area, and they say when they hear the sirens, everybody runs. So I didn't really appreciate the way the governor and the chief of police kind of just discounted the victim's story. Um, yeah, story. What, what exactly, it was almost like victim shaming. What exactly was out of proportion? The number. Of they were saying that the media that said five or six, or, but so it was really three or four. Yeah. So, but you know what, I think you know even what? if it was just one person that was and out was there the carrying logic, a machete yeah. and hacking up four right. or five, it was seven cars. I mean, yeah, it was, that the logic was just crazy because they were they were trying to say like, oh, it wasn't like a mob of people attacking cars. It was like an altercation that started in a store parking lot and with these guys who had machetes and then and they happened to just cross it. They happened just to cross in the and traffic, which to me is ridiculous because we live in like this day and age where I guess crime on Guam is at this all time high where we it's so. Uh, it just happens all the time that we expect that type of thing and we're kind of numb to the effects of how serious that really is but I mean the reality of the situation is dude there are like two or three or four people wielding yeah, weapons and, uh, yeah, yeah. in exactly. a street yeah. hitting people that were not hurting. involved and in so any kind of drunken right. they were saying thing. that we blew it out of proportion because um, I'm, I'm just paraphrasing uh, Judy Guthers made it seem like this group of people were just like there to assault cars, but they weren't there to assault cars. They were there because they were having a big altercation, and then they assaulted cars. Which, I mean, when you start off blaming the media, it's just a bad move because everything after that, it's like, okay, we blew it out of proportion. The obvious follow-up question is, well, do you think that it's not a big deal? And then they were forced to say, no, it is a big deal. So which one is it? Do we blow it out of proportion, or is it a big deal? And I think it's a big deal. And, and, and to say the meeting. that, oh, just yeah. because they were fighting and then they went into the street and attacked cars, you know. Got a lot of comments. That's just. Mm -hmm. And then we have a lot of we have a lot of people. Thank you for joining us. Uh, commenting, um, we have John Robert Evangelista. Uh, so we take that the crimes on Guam are quote unquote exaggerated. Right. Uh, uh, I see no reason why former senator would exaggerate her story. She was part of. She has been part of the island at all levels. She was a former. Uh, yeah, she's a former yeah. chief of uh, GPD. Department of Public Safety. Right. Right. Exactly, and you know, guys, we have so many comments. We're going to get yeah. through as many as I we can. I spoke to uh, Senator Guthers. Matter of fact, after after, the, after you told right. me about yeah. uh, 
what had happened at the press conference and she was like well they weren't there you yeah, know exactly she was there <laughs> mm -hmm. and you know she still stands by what she said there and were about I, uh, four to five people and the other thing i found interesting was the fact that in the press release from the guam police department it made no mention of this um, biker that supposedly was uh, struck by the machete. Yeah, and, and I just uh, I just came from Mangilao and entered, interviewed a resident, and he said that yeah, a biker. Um, I know the guy's name's biker Dean Spark, bicycle. A bicycler, yeah. a guy who rides his bike around there, was slashed in the leg, and they he was thrown rocks. And right, mm -hmm. and and it was not in the GPD press yeah. release. And I asked uh, Paul before we started this podcast. That was not in the press release. What can you tell me? And he, he, his response was, well, there was no indication. So maybe the guy didn't uh, call the ambulance or call 911 or maybe just self-treated. Uh, uh, but, you know, I, I think arguing over, getting caught up in this argument over it was four or five or it was three or four, it's really ridiculous. Yeah. And I, I just, I was very... Offended, I'm not personally, but I was offended that they would victim shame Judy Guthards like that because I mean, it doesn't matter if it's Judy Guthards or Judy Cruz or Judy Wampat or whoever. If you have a victim coming forward and uh, telling a story, mm -hmm. an eyewitness account, then I think that's where you start from. You don't start mm -hmm. your whole thing by you know scuttling the victim, and it's just crazy. And especially coming from a Democrat administration, I really expected uh, more. It would have been so easy for the governor to come out and do what she did you know secondarily which was yeah i mean god judy must have you know been freaking out this is really terrible instead of coming out first and you know blaming the media and because obviously i mean the governor is very insulated from the reality out here in the streets because she lives in an affluent area that's probably safe she has security that follows around 24 7 so maybe she doesn't really grasp um the conditions that everyone else is living in out here and you know when you go and say that it's out of you know blown out of proportion it's exaggerated then it really makes it seem like there's nothing going on out here and I mean, everybody knows home invasions rapes robberies there's just a lot of crime i i mean if you guys follow any of our social media right. you know that stuff is going on out there. right a right. lot yeah. of stuff right. I, you know yeah. the, not with just this um isolated incident i guess you've but with uh, other things happening in the island. And there's many different issues. And this is one, I think, uh, putting this at the forefront, you see in the comments throughout our Facebook and our Twitter, so many people uh, talking about how this is not a singular situation, that this has happened before. I mean, I think we, I don't know if we've confirmed that, whether or not some of the Perpetrators yeah, these same guys did, yeah. they did another machete mm -hmm. attack. In Dedido, right? Yeah. Which is Marisa Vargas' village. They don't get no blown out of proportion, then. <laughs> Resolop and Retrolop, their rap sheets. You know, I took a look at look at those yesterday, and it was actually in the story. So Resolop, he had, a, you know, a previous arrest. He was in and out of jail. He came out of jail, actually, I think it was in January. Retrolop just got out of jail one month ago, and... He has been in and out of jail since 2012. How do you get so, arrested like that many times and not serve a sentence? And what is going on well, in the yeah, courts? He did, I mean, yeah, and that's, that's the, the thing really, that I Senator we, Guthard said. We really we need, need to, to get the judiciary involved look at in this. what the hell is going on in the courts. I mean, they they had a extremely high number of felonies committed on felony release. Why are we releasing felons? Why are we releasing these repeat violent offenders? I mean, uh, GPD. Kudos to GPD. They work hard. They arrest people yeah. and. You know, I get a lot of complaints from officers. They say, hey, man, we took this guy down. I uh -huh. mean, cases where you have someone who's accused of uh, raping a relative and um, 
the judges sends them right back into the same condition. Yeah, that, that was ridiculous. one of the things in one of the crime times, the Facebook live shows, uh, as part of starting lineup, when we interviewed the chief of police up at Tizen, and I think it was before he was confirmed or shortly, yeah, it was definitely before he was confirmed, and he was talking about all these different meetings that he has, and, and one of the meetings is with the mayors, and one of the concerns that the mayors brought up was that a lot of the people that are they, they see in the neighborhood are people that GPD arrests, puts them in, and then they're right back out. Mm -hmm. And the mayor's like, it's like this this cycle where they, they're arrested, they go in, they come right back out, and it's just never ending. Right, you we know, see it. A, we see it in the media because he's like, okay. someone gets arrested, then a couple months later they get arrested. Like, well, I thought this guy just got arrested. The, the yeah. prosecution process is a, it's kind of a weird or convoluted. We really don't know what happens in those steps. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a good comment from D Dr. Berechi Mori who says, I want to know if they are Guamanians or FSM citizens since the Consul General is there. I don't know, maybe that's... Right, and this is out. another and issue that's a, that... That's a tough issue because a lot of times in the comments, the one of the most prevalent answers that we see are people saying, deport. Deport, deport. deport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the reality of that situation is, uh, you know, if they're born here... We can't. We can't. What are you talking about? We can't. Yeah. So, and it's, and, like and it's not even just a... FSM issue in general, right? Like, I think we have another story maybe coming up tonight about uh, Chamorros involved yeah. in, a, in a similar type of altercation, mm -hmm. right? Right, right? So, I mean, there's, I, in my opinion, it's kind of like a respect and disciplinary and a prevention type of issue, right? Right. Like, are we doing enough to curtail that type of action from obviously not being attractive to people? Yeah. Like, you know? Well, what kind of people are attracted to attacking people with machetes? I, I really... Don't understand why we need to make a special uh, response, you know, the, and, the, and in that meeting, uh, one of the takeaways was the governor said, hey, we're going to start meeting regularly. I want, I want all of the um, FSM and uh, freely associated uh, states, um, faith-based, uh, nobody says church anymore, uh, church leaders uh, to come out and, you know, uh, let's get the civic leaders uh, to talk to these people. And what I don't understand is, like, people like these Breshelab, Breshelab, I don't think they can be reached. I don't think they go to church. I don't think they're going to listen to a pastor or a priest. I don't think they're going to listen to a community leader. I, I think that we need to address this problem without any special touches. I mean, Chamorros do this kind of thing. Lock them up. Chippies, yeah, yeah. FSM do it. Yeah, Lock them up. That's not, I don't, I don't see why we need to roll out the red carpet and try and um, solve this problem like the nice way. I think we need to cut in and address the problem right here. And, you know, yeah, we can have outreach uh, village meetings, but... You know, the thing that I find disturbing is they keep saying this, it takes a village, it's a community thing. Well, I think the community stretched pretty thin. I mean, we're doing neighborhood watches. We're all watching out for each other. At what point do we um, stop having to do everything and expect the government to do their damn job? It's a great know? question. It's crazy. One thing, here's a comment from Jorna Ballin. This has been going on for a long time. It has, yeah. And, and you actually spoke with some people. Um, I don't know if we can get that video, but... Uh, he spoke with um, Ken Cruz. He's a resident in Mingilau. Right. And he that video. Yeah, if yeah. we could roll that video now. Governor, you know, with her thoughts on her report from the police. Now, her saying that you guys are blew it out of proportion. Why don't she get her information from the people that were victimized? And see how that affects her. Ready? Because what you guys are saying, this is not out of proportion. It is dangerous. 
So the the uh, Senator Gunther said there were four to five people, uh, GPD arrested two people. Do you think there are people that were involved in the incident that got away? I feel yes. Because like Dr. Gunther say, when they heard the police, they just scattered. So who's to say, right? Who's right? The cops or, you know, us that witnessed I mean, for me, I witnessed the cut on my friend, you know, and the uh, hit from the rock to his face. So the, the uh, Senator Gunther said there were four to five people. Okay, uh, you can watch the full interview with uh, Mr. Cruz again. He is a Mingilao resident. Right. And so I just came from uh, Mingilao and I interviewed uh, Mr. Cruz. I interviewed. Um, John Camacho, he's a cook at Ron's Diner. I interviewed Young Park, who is the owner of New Campus uh, Store. And I interviewed uh, Brian Song, whose family owns a uh, Best Store. Mm -hmm. And they were all consistent in, first of all, agreeing that this wasn't blown out of proportion. And also in agreeing that there are young men that drink um, often days at a time in these little pockets of jungle. Mm -hmm. uh, they throw their beer cans everywhere. You'll, uh, you'll see that tonight on the news. And they're very dangerous. It's already on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Okay, so, and they cause trouble. And so the owners of these businesses are um, worried about the safety of their customers. Uh, their customers are worried about their own safety. And they some tried, of them don't even want to come back. Yeah, so and they, they've tried asking them politely, but they get ignored or they get yelled at, and they're just scared. And you know, Josie, uh, we have a good comment from Josie Alfred here. So this is a topic now. Give it a week later. Uh, right. Are we going to see results? What do you guys think needs to happen? Like, are we looking for a change at the executive level? No, it's very simple. And procedural I, I, police level. Right. I, I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty simple. I mean, <coughs> let's increase patrols. Let's get the cops to go out there and to get out of their police cars and go into these areas and. You know, I mean, I don't. Can you just drink in public and cause trouble? You know, I, I mean, it's such a. You know, I have to a... say though, with the police, they are stretched so yeah. thin. Of course, you know, right. I know that. But who promised to increase public safety? And I, where's the delivery? Well, we are I going to be hiring uh, new police officers. Right. Uh, we're going to be doing something with them on prime time next week. Uh, but I, for me, I think um, it lies with the judiciary of Guam. I mean, if they're the ones who are walking, I mean, I mean, giving these sentences, maybe they need to be, you know, stricter or longer or... Right. Well, I, I think we need to get the police. I, I think we have to, like, draft recently retired cops, and we've done it before. You know, an emergency declaration. Uh, we had an emergency meeting. Uh, we need to get the funding. We need to hire more, obviously, more officers. Or mm -hmm. in a stopgap measure, let's bring some uh, officers who retired back on the force. I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just need more cops out there. Mm -hmm. uh, they need to be out there patrolling. When you see cops, you you don't want to cause trouble. You know, and they need to go into these areas. And I think that's step one. You know, the mm -hmm. what the governor wants to do with uh, the outreach and the villages. That's more of a long term solution. But, um, you know, when I had the Malafunction TV show, I did a whole series on this same topic, and this was four years ago. Um, I interviewed uh, John Howard, I interviewed uh, Deacon Atoy, and these are all FSM community uh, leaders. And it was the same thing, the viral videos, rewire slits, crazy. And they were trying to do this long-term approach of engaging the youth in sports, uh, you know, in church-related activities, and they're trying, but it's... Uh, you know, obviously it's an uphill they're battle. they're still doing that. And they're still, still doing it, yeah. They're unsung heroes, but, you know, something's not working. And I don't know if, if looking at this as a FSM problem is really the right solution, because that's how we're looking at it. We're looking at it 
like, oh, there's some mysterious family structure in the FSM that nobody but, um, you know, FSM people can understand. And I, I don't think that's really the case. I think that in the islands, we've all suffered from a breakdown in the family structure because of, you know, westernization. Our families aren't what they used to be because everyone's got to work or, you know, there's divorces, families are broken. So I think we need to stop looking at this as, uh, oh, people of FSM descent or people from the FAS, they're different. So we have to solve this differently. We have to do this. We have to do that. No, I think, you know, we're all human at the end of the day. And whether it's Chamorros or Chookies, yeah. I think this calls for like an immediate kind of solution and not, you know, long-term village meetings. I just don't see that as keeping us safe right now. I agree. I don't think it's mm -hmm. a FSM or a solely an FSM type of issue. It's definitely a Guam issue, right? An right. island issue. Mm -hmm. Every village has its share of... Uh, Rapscallions. Yeah. <laughs> is, you know, issues that it has right. to deal with and get with. And um, we got to stop turning a blind eye and just saying, well, oh, well, that's because we have all these... FSM people who mm -hmm. are here and that's the reason why this village is messed up because the fact of the matter is not I you know there's you know there's many Chamorro families who mm -hmm. or Chamorro hey, uh, people who doing do the same too, thing you know we're doing I mean? just yeah. as bad stuff and I that's unfortunate but we all have to identify that hey this these types of things are happening and we need to curtail it somehow whether it be with harsher penalties or longer prison sentences or better prosecution but whatever it may be like uh, you know, Something now it's there and it yeah. exists and it's not a exaggerated issue. I and and yeah. I mean, we had this with the rebar, the slingshot, the other machete attacks. There's always these like galvanizing incidents or which are, you know, um, kind of rallying cries. And then you're right. The, the comment was right. Everyone's like, oh, we're going to do something. Oh, we're going to have these meetings. Oh, and then, you know, two weeks later, something else happens. And like, Push oh, look, a butterfly. Right. Well, when is the meeting in Manila? Because that week. was the first first meeting, right? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like then that meeting in Manila, like, who's going to show up? Are we going? Are the the young men who go and want to attack people with machetes and drink in the jungle? Are they going to be there? I don't think well, so. Well, probably be the residents, you know, right. that are there, and they're going to express their concerns about how they don't feel safe and what they feel needs to be done. Kind of like a what? A listening tour? Something <laughs> like that. Right. I don't know. We have another comment here from John Robert Evangelist. He's got a lot of good comments in the in our thread today. Why don't they utilize other local law enforcement agencies to help with public safety? Yeah. Utilize Guam Customs, right. Marshals, Port, yeah. Airport. That's, That's kind of what I was saying, you know. But I, uh, when we had yeah. Mandania, maybe we need a Mandania of like uh, <laughs> yeah, of, uh, street crime. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite right? Different people from different agencies. That's why I know. GPD short of manpower, but I just don't want to hear that excuse because, hey, we're out here paying taxes and, you know, public safety and education are the two priorities. The priority shouldn't be, like, hiring a million deputy directors or, you know, paying political uh, hires underground. The priority should be taking care of the people and making sure we're safe. That's the priority. Mm -hmm. And education, you know what I mean? And it's just really not a priority. I mean, that administration after administration, all we hear is like, yeah, public safety, public safety, but... You know, at the end of the day, we're just not safe, and a lot of people feel that way. I'm not exaggerating that. I mean, in the past two days, we had a possible kidnapping attempt. Kidnapping. Uh, we had a rape of a like a 15-year-old girl, the 41-year-old uh, met, um, mentor figure, right? Like a. So I mean, there are issues. There, there are definitely things to talk about, and we and we want to hear from you guys what you guys find to be the most distressing issues on island and we want to get that conversation started mm -hmm. right so definitely you can tune into our this podcast trend spotting every thursday at noon mm -hmm. um and you know
catch the rest of our stuff on our social media and digital channels. We talk about how things used to be, like even working here in Harmon, right? Uh, and I've been working here, you know, 13, 14 years. Just in that time, things have really changed. Like we would hang out in the <clears throat> parking lot, and now especially well, if you work here, at night. That's right. You see, like, young guys roaming around, and they're just look. I, you know, I got five yeah. kids. I know what someone who's looking for trouble looks like, and it's just not safe. Like, I wouldn't send my son out to go run across the street mm-hmm. to the store. I wouldn't send my daughter. Yeah. So this this fantasy that, oh, no, Guam is safe. No, it's over. It's a bunch of baloney, because it's not. Guam is not safe. It's definitely not as safe as it used to be, and it's not getting any safer. And to, like, say anything contrary to that, you're really just making yourself look stupid, you know? There's an interesting comment at the bottom from uh, Pat Mtiaco. Pat Mtiaco says, turn Coco's Island into a prison. Hmm. <laughs> <The> <laughs> I don't know if it's big enough, long. man. <laughs> <laughs> it might not be big we enough. We need a bigger either. Coco's. Oh. That's what they did for Australia and Molokans. Right, right, so, right. Oh, uh, that's funny. Anyway, I, I guess that's a... Is that it? Yeah, I can go more if you want. Let us I know we can go down. more hours more, but we want to hear from you guys. Yeah. We're going to use some of these comments for our trend spotting segment tomorrow, mm-hmm. which you can find on our IGTV as well as on our news. So be sure to comment uh, in the comments. Get that situation or get, get that discussion started. You know, give us some possible solutions, you know. Well, what do you think needs to happen around the island? And we will catch you next week here on Trend Spotting.